Welcome to the SB Live California podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette, joined today with a fellow SB Live California writer, Lance Smith, where we're going to break down LA City and Southern Section Basketball Championships, which will take place Friday and Saturday. So it's a massive weekend for high school basketball. Really a big weekend for all the big sports in the winter. You got wrestling championships, soccer championships, so it's a really fun time to be involved in the high school space. Lance, you've been on Girls Hoops all season long. How are you doing? How excited are you for this weekend? Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, like we were talking about before we went on, excited about the fact that a lot of the city and southern section stuff is staggered, which means we get to see as much as possible. And uh, yeah, this is this is it. This is the weekend we've been uh, waiting on for a long time. So I'm pumped. Tons of big games, like I said. I want to start with girls' southern section open division, that championship game, because on paper that just feels like a, a classic. So 26-1 and Sierra Canyon will go on the road because it's home sites for the championships with COVID this year to 27-0 and at Awanda. And we were talking off the air a little bit before, Lance. These were clearly the two best teams in the southern section, and you give Sierra Canyon a, a chance to win this game. As someone who hasn't watched it as closely as you have, Etiwanda just seems like such a dominant, dominant team, but I know you can't rule out Sierra Canyon either with Juju Watkins. What are you looking for in this game, and who do you think wins? Yeah, so like you said, I mean, it's just the two have been head and shoulders above the rest of the southern section, and that's not a knock on the rest of the southern section. I mean, we saw, you know, modern day and Corona Centennial last year, and neither of them are quite what they were, but it's not like they fell way off either. But uh, the, these two teams have really made it a two-horse race, uh, two dog race, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Sierra Canyon's only loss came to La Jolla Country Day, came narrowly at the Matt Denning Nike Classic Hoop Summit or whatever it is in uh, January. And uh, it was a close game, uh, but La Jolla pulled it out. And right now, that loss is the only thing between them and Etiwanda, who uh, is basically ranked between four and two in the country. Personally, I even with my West Coast bias aside, I would put them at two. So you have two top 10 teams in the country going at it. And um, one of the biggest questions is health uh, for Adewanda, Deja Mitchell, their star wing senior committed to St. Mary's, uh, kind of does a, basically a little bit of everything. She scores, she guards uh, the team, other team's best perimeter player. Uh, she hasn't played since January 15th when she dislocated her knee. And fortunately, uh, that injury didn't have any severe side effects or repercussions. So uh, they've been expecting her to have at least a chance to come back for this game. And uh, Coach Stan DeLuce, has, uh, he told me on the weekend and earlier today that things are going good with her. And Kennedy Smith, uh, Kennedy Smith, their leading scorer, rebounder, uh, one of the top players in the 2024 class of power forward. Uh, she has not had any injury troubles until this past weekend. In their win against Modern Day, she went down a couple times uh, with something in the leg, both legs, and it turned out to be cramps, uh, but it was really bad cramps, and it looked scary at first. So they, there was definitely a lot of concern about it. Um, but he he said they're both good. Uh, he he didn't really go into much more detail besides that, but I would expect them both to play, uh, certainly Smith to play. Um, again, I guess it's conjecture, but he said things are great. Um, so, I mean, it, it, you're talking about their two best players there, and if you take one or both of them out, then uh, they're not quite the same team. Uh, they've been unbeaten without Deja Mitchell for uh, almost six weeks now, and they've still been a top five team in the country during that stretch. 
if, if they don't have Kennedy Smith, then uh, they will be a clear underdog. But I think if, if those injuries are not holding them back, then you just have to go with the undefeated, the, the undefeated team that's been walloping teams even worse than Sierra Canyon has for most of the season. And with Sierra Canyon, uh, what I heard is not from a Sierra Canyon person, but from uh, someone who has knowledge of the situation and is generally a good source, is that they're missing Sophia Ruelas, uh, starting guard. She can play the one, the two. She's an awesome three-point shooter. Um, so assuming that's true, uh, that is uh, a big blow for them. That said, Sierra Canyon's been playing their best ball of the year in the past month ever since that loss to La Jolla Country Day. Uh, they've been putting scary margins on open division teams since then. And um, so let's say injuries aren't too much of a factor. I think you, you want to look at how can Etiwanda match up with, you know, arguably the best player in the country, Juju Watkins. And I, I will go, I, I will say that on paper, they have the personnel to match up with her as much as any team I can think of in the country. I mean, Etiwanda's defense is as good as it gets, and, and that doesn't have anything to do with any one person. That's a team-wide thing. But when you look at the fact that so many of their players are six feet tall, six one, long, athletic, uh, they have so many bodies that can actually match up uh, at least better than anyone else with Watkins. And uh, if Deja Mitchell's back, I would say expect her to be the person who guards Juju. Um, Kennedy Smith has taken on, even though she plays the four and the five, sometimes uh, Coach Deleuze will put her on the other team's best perimeter player. We saw it against Orangewood Academy with Hannah Steins, who said she might be the best defender she's ever had to deal with. Uh, Sayla Hemingway, the, the transfer from Eisenhower. Um, they, they have so many options. Majesty Cade, their starting shooting guard. Uh, they, they have so many different players who can guard or who on paper can match up well with Watkins and, and switch throughout the course of a set. Uh, so, you know, I don't think you'll see too much hunting and pecking for switches from Watkins the way that, you know, usually if someone's four or five switches onto her, she's just going to pick them apart and drive right past them. Can't do that with Etiwanda. Um, so that said, I think uh, it's, both of these teams are a little bit inexperienced, and that's the other that's the other real factor to watch that uh, kind of affects both of them. Um, I mean, Sierra Canyon last year they were a Division One quarterfinalist uh, without Watkins, with a bunch of amazing freshmen, and uh, now you put those two groups together, you have the twenty six and one juggernaut you see. Uh, Etiwanda they were injured during the playoffs last year, still went on to make the Southern Region One AA. Uh, yeah, regional championship game and almost beat Linwood. So um, they're, both teams are young. Neither has a ton of experience. Uh, I think it's an even chess match, and it should be a game for the ages. Are you leaning Etiwanda? I'm leaning Etiwanda, and again, like since I can't swear anything with where Smith and Mitchell will be health-wise, it just makes me afraid to make an official prediction. Um but yes, I, I would lean at Wanda, and certainly, I mean, they've they've unrelentingly been the slightly better team this year. All right, that should be a fantastic game Saturday night. I believe it's on Bally Sports West. So if you can't make it out there to Etiwanda, check it out on television. Lance, let's go to the boys' open division in the southern section now. So it's Harvard Westlake, the three seed, who upset number two Sierra Canyon last week in a really great game. They're going on the road now and playing Corona Centennial. In the Open Division Final, that is on Friday night. I think 
this game is going to be close. Harvard-Westlake, the key to beating them in earlier this season and in years past was to press them and, and really pressure their guards, and Sierra Canyon did a lot of that. And Harvard-Westlake, you could tell with head coach David Rabibo, he knew that that was a problem for them, and they worked on it, and they were great against Sierra Canyon pressure. So we all know Corona Centennial, their defense is exceptional, and, and they'll be doing some pressing and picking up full court for sure. I think Harvard-Westlake's prepared for that, so that bodes well for the Wolverines. I do think, though, that it's going to be a Corona Centennial win just because on paper, I think the Huskies have a little bit more talent than the Wolverines, and, and even though you could argue, probably don't even need to argue, Sierra Canyon had more talent than Harvard-Westlake. They, they played better as a team, and Harvard-Westlake was able to upset them. But I, I just think Corona Centennial is the exact opposite of Sierra Canyon. Both teams have a lot of star power, but... Corona Centennial plays so well as a team, and that's sort of what was lacking with Sierra Canyon uh, this year, and especially in that Harvard-Westlake game. And Tarek Fatal, the Daily News writer, wrote a really good piece about all the transfers and how it was tough to please everyone, and the lineups was tough to, to put out for Andre Chevalier and, and Sierra Canyon this year. It was just tough. They had so many mouths to feed, and I think uh, that was sort of their downfall. Whereas Corona Centennial, Josh Giles, this is a two-year thing now. They lost Callan Boswell, but this is a team that won the Open Division Championship last year on the road against Sierra Canyon. They're a well-oiled machine, and I just think that experience and combined with their talent is just going to put them over the top. Uh, in my notes here, I, I, I think Devin Williams and Aaron McBride, the two bigs for Corona Centennial, I think they're just better than the Sierra Canyon bigs. I, I, I do. They play better together, better than Kajani Wright and... Uh, Jeremiah New Yorko, at least this year, maybe individually those two, the Sierra Canyon two might be better, but Devin Williams and Aaron McBride play exceptionally well together, and, and again, Sierra Canyon didn't really play that well together this season. Uh, Jared McCain and Donovan Dent, and, and even Ramsey Huff too, that trio of guards for Corona Centennial, I think they're a little bit better than the Sierra Canyon guards, because this year Amari Bailey was unhealthy, he was never 100%, and then Bronny and, and Dylan Matoyer, Mike Price, I just like what Corona Centennial has a little bit more than than, than those three. So I think it's going to be a Corona Centennial win. I, like I said, it is going to be close. Harvard-Westlake has beaten Corona Centennial the last five times they've played, but Corona Centennial, they are fully healthy, and they won't have anyone missing. They were missing Kylan Boswell last year when Harvard-Westlake beat him in the Open Division playoffs. So I, I think it's going to be Corona Centennial like 70-63 to 63 over Harvard-Westlake. I think the Wolverines certainly could win the game, but I would be surprised if they did. They have the talent. But Corona Centennial, they're just at a different level this year. And it sort of took them a little bit to get going. I remember we did a podcast, Lance, after the Classic of Damien, and I was talking about how I was a little bit more sure of Sierra Canyon at that time than Corona Centennial. But that ended up being wrong. And Corona Centennial, they look like they're just at a totally different level. They killed Korean Lutheran in that final pool play game by like 40 points, um, so they're firing on all cylinders, and I just think their talent puts them over the top. Harvard-Westlake, really talented as well, but this Corona Centennial Huskies team, I just like them a little bit more, so I, I like them to win by seven. Uh, again, I know, Lance, you're the, the girls reporter for us, but just any thoughts on this big matchup after, I think you, you definitely saw Corona Centennial. Have you had a chance to see Harvard-Westlake this year? Yeah, I see them about once or twice a year, and, and it's it's hard to miss what they do. The amount of shooting, the pacing and spacing, like you said, well-oiled machine. I mean, when you hear hear the words well-oiled machine in Southern Section Boys Basketball, uh, those are the two pro programs that come to mind. And uh, it's going to be interesting that neither of them can simply 
outclass the other one by coaching pedigree and by uh, just how, how much those teams have proven that they can execute under pressure uh, against other great teams. Like it's, it's uh, two very similar teams in that respect, even though the skill sets of their best players are different. So I, I like how you broke it down. I, I would put it the same way. Uh, the X factor for me is Ramsey Huff, uh, not only because he can knock down clutch shots uh, if his number is called, uh, but his his one-on-one defensive ability is is uh, disruptive, and he's very good at getting under the skin of the other team's best perimeter players and uh, just taking them out of their element. Uh, the fact that you know if if Brady Dunlap gets going and has you know eight eight points in a, a late game flurry, Ramsey Huff's probably going to disrupt him. Uh, same with Cameron Thrower. So he's my X factor there. Um, but I, I I like how you broke it down and and I agree with what you said and don't have much more to add. I think at the end of the night, it's just going to be Corona Centennial can score more points than Harvard-Westlake. Harvard-Westlake, an exceptional team. They they just beat Sierra Canyon. But I, I look at that roster, and Brady Dunlap and Cameron Thrower, they scored in the high teens against Sierra Canyon. I just feel like they're going to need someone to get to 25 or maybe even 30, and I don't know if they have that player on the roster. Certainly Thrower and Dunlap are capable of doing that, but against Corona Centennial in a championship game with so much on the line, I just think the Harvard-Westlake ceiling is a little bit lower than Corona Centennial, so I think uh, the Huskies will outscore the Wolverines, and that will be the difference. Let's go to the girls' side, Lance. Again, Division One. so it's Camarillo against Viewpoint. We all saw what Gabriela Jaquez did last night in a win over Chaminade. She's the fantastic guard, brother of Jaime Jaquez, who's on UCLA at Camarillo. And to me, it just seems like she's going to will Camarillo to a championship, but how do you see that Division One game going? I see it. I see it the same way. Uh, I will go on the record and predict Camarillo. Uh, if they need 40, 40 points from her, uh, I would just about guarantee that they'll get it. Uh, this is a game about star power. Um, I mean, both of these teams have good role players, but for Camarillo, you have not just the front runner for state player of the year, uh, but truly someone who's in the conversation for best player in the country right now, all this season, and really her whole junior season two in Hawkes. And uh, she's just peaking at the right time, or I guess her team is peaking at the right time as she peaks every single game uh, with viewpoint. They have the killer backcourt uh, of Carly White and Kayla Kashmeshi and uh, just a lethal backcourt pairing. Uh, they've been getting it to go- getting it done together against South Coast League, uh, or sorry, Gold Coast League competition for a while. Uh, they play one of the hardest schedules really in the Southern section. Uh, and they're just, you know, that that's an inc- that's one of the best backcourts in the Southern section that knows exactly what they're going to have to do going into Saturday uh, to take down Jaquez and the Scorpions. So I'm I'm leaning towards Camarillo, uh, but for those people who are sleeping on Viewpoint because they haven't heard of them, I'm telling you, those that team can play. And again, Carly White, Kayla Kashmeshian, they can combine for 45, 50 points too. So Camarillo is the favorite, but... Uh, don't sleep on viewpoint. In Division One for the boys in the Southern Section, it's two teams who came from really tough leagues and they didn't win their leagues, but the league play I think had to have an effect on why they're both in the Division One championship. So from the Del Rey League, it's St. Bernard who was in second place, and then I believe third place or fourth place in the Trinity League, Jay Sarah. And this game's going to be at Jay Sarah. Jay Sarah is just giving me Team of Destiny vibes right now. I mean, they beat up a really good Rolling Hills prep team, and then. In the semifinals, they beat up a really good St. John Bosco team. 
Um, after the reg in the regular season, just having some moments where it was like, wow, this team doesn't really look like a championship team. I think they're putting it all together and not to say that St. Bernard isn't, but I'm, I just think you, to win a championship, you look at the team who's really clicking and firing on all cylinders. And I look at Jay Sarah right now, but in my notes here, to me, it feels like an overtime game. I think these teams are really evenly matched. I think it's going to be close. I I like Jay Sarah because they have that team of destiny vibe. And I think Rob Diaz can score like that 25 to 30, like I was talking about with the open division that you need to, to sort of win a championship. And, and Jay Sarah's depth has come a long way and they've been really solid and a big reason why they've won. But St. Bernard, we know Darius Carr is great. Tyler Rollison's great. Jason Hart had a huge semifinal against St. Anthony. Can one of those guys get you over the top and, and score at the volume necessary to win a title on the road? Cause it's at Jay Sarah. They definitely can, but I think Diaz is that score, especially with the Lions being at home, that can propel his team to a win. He was 8 of 12 for 19 points in the semifinal victory against St. John Bosco. He is playing out of his mind, um, so I, I like Jay Sarah to win. I think, like I said, though, it's going to be really tight. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to overtime, and of course, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Bernard won either. Tony Bland is doing a great job with that program. I, I think the length of, of Jay Sarah is going to borrow bother St. Bernard, excuse me, uh, Elijah Price of St. Anthony scored 18 first half points before St. Bernard made some adjustments to slow him down. And no one on Jay Sarah is as talented as Elijah Price, but there are a good amount of players that size. So we'll see if St. Bernard is able to defend not a bunch of Elijah Prices, but a bunch of guys of similar stature because they struggled to do that in the first half. So I'm taking Jay Sarah in that game. I think it's tight. And, and I'm excited to see the, the final score. I also, like I've said probably three times now, think that the Lions being at home is, is a big deal for them. But it's great to see two teams from two great leagues battle it out. I'm taking the Lions. Girls 2AA, Orange Lutheran against Sage Hill. You had a chance to check out Orange Lutheran, I believe, last night, Lance. What, what are you thinking in this title game? Yeah, this is the matchup that a lot of people had pegged from the start. Uh, there are definitely some other teams that were in the mix. For instance, Creon Lutheran, who Orange Lutheran rolled past last night. Uh, but I, I think most people would have had a Sage Hill Orange Lutheran final. So Orange Lutheran has only lost two games outside of Trinity League play. This this season has really been their coming out party. They're deep, they're young, uh, but they're hungry and they're tough. And uh, they they can they have. They can go with multiple post players at the same time uh, while make it look like they're in the 90s, backing people down, shooting turnaround hooks. And then they have a backcourt of, of young guards who can shoot it from 25 feet. So they're kind of a throwback offense, uh, and, and that makes them really hard to match up with. Uh, with Sage, they are they're interesting. So they have one of the better point guards in the state in Isabel Gomez. Uh, she's kind of taken a less voluminous role this year, as opposed to being someone who in previous seasons would score 20 a game. Now she's scoring more like 12 or 13 a game, but she's bringing along one of the best sophomore cores in the section. Uh, Emily Eady is their leading scorer for Sage. She's averaging a double-double, 14 points, 11 boards. And uh, they are long, they, they have a lot of length. Uh, Kat Righeimer and uh, Annabelle Spots at the forward. Um, so they have a lot of, they, they can beat you in a lot of ways. Uh, what's interesting is their size is more on the wing, whereas Olu, their size is more in the, in the post. Uh, so it's going to be some weird cross matches, but I'm going to take Orange Lutheran just because, man, they are, they, there were some times last night, including the whole first quarter and the whole third quarter where I said, this Olu squad is 
when they're playing their best, they are an open division team. And it's going to be another year or two before they're in the open division, obviously. But uh, I, I just think Olu has it rolling. Uh, they're the clear favorites. I'll pick them. Uh, but no one in their right mind would count out Sage with the experience of the reigning champion, with Gomez and those long, talented athletic sophomores, uh, and Zoe Lampkin, a, shoot, a sophomore shooting guard who can uh, light it up from deep. So uh, Orange Lutheran in what should be a good one. Uh, that's that's the pick by five points. Great. Boys 2AA Southern Section. This is the game I'm most bummed to be missing. It's Long Beach Poly at Village Christian. I think this is going to be a classic and I'm sad that it's Friday night when I'll be in Corona covering that centennial Harvard-Westlake game. I look at this one with the lens of Pauly has done a really great job of winning games in the playoffs and, and down the stretch in the regular season, but they're winning these rock fight games. They're, they're winning with like 48, low 50s. If they get to 60, it's the low 60s. They're not scoring a lot of points. They're winning games by executing at the end and playing really good defense and I just think Village Christian is the one team that Paulie's going to face now in these two AA playoffs that has that offensive game that will cause Paulie to need to score more points and it's at Village Christian I'm just not sure Paulie has the offensive game needed to to, to win and I, I like Village Christian but I think it's going to be close and it just feels weird saying that because Paulie's been so good in these tight games but if you can Shut down Gabe Cummings, their great three-point shooter. And then we I know Christian Watson and Giovanni Ruff are, are great players as well. But the, the X factor for Pauly has been Cummings, and he's just been nailing these threes. If, if you make sure to get a guy in his face at all times, make sure he's not getting easy looks. I think Pauly becomes a little bit easier to defend. He's bailed them out a, a bunch this year. And I know Village Christian is exceptionally coached with Julian Andrade and that staff, and they have a lot of great players led by sophomore Noah Williams, who I think is one of the best 2024s, not only in California, but just in the country. I think he's tremendously underrated. I, I look at him as a player who's going to have a, a big game. And, and I think Village Christian, they can beat you in so many ways that they go one to eight really well. They have great depth. Uh, all eight guys who, who play are, are, are going to be impact players for them. And I just think that they have a little bit too much on offense for, for Long Beach Poly. So I'm taking Village Christian in this game. Um, don't let it be too close late, though, because Pauly has shown they're exceptionally good in late-game situations when it's tight and they can execute down the stretch. But I just feel like it's going to be Pauly playing catch-up and, and Village Christian will, will, will be ahead at, at, at the end. So I, I like Village Christian to win this game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a classic, like I said. I, if it's close down the stretch, by all means, Long Beach Pauly could certainly win as well. But they don't have what it takes to go up by like 10 or 12. And I think Village Christian at some points in this game, you might see them go up 10 or 12 points and down the stretch, I, I think they'll win. So we'll see what happens in this game, but uh, I'm really excited for, for that one and should be a really great game. Bummed, like I said, that I, that I have to miss it. Lance, quickly, I want to just 2A, 3A, 3AA for the boys. I have La Mirada over San Juan Hills and 2A, 3A, I have Dana Hills over Bishop Diego and then 3AA, in a game that I think is going to be really good. I have Rancho Verde over Rancho Cucamonga. But let's get into the city section now. Girls hoops, Westchester against Birmingham. The matchup we all thought, I'm joking, we thought it was going to be Granada Hills-Palisades. What did you make of those semifinals, Lance, and what do you make of this championship matchup? Mm, it's nice to see some new blood, uh, but at the same time, it would have been equally fun to see Palisades and Granada. Uh, yeah, a couple of second-place teams in their league. 
and playoffs are about matchups. So uh, even though, you know, Granada and Palisades won their league, like uh, they just didn't match up with the second place teams as well. So uh, interesting stuff, definitely some surprise. Uh, A a lot of people said both of those games were going to be shoe wins. Um, But what you have is a matchup between two of the best guards in the city. Uh, That's Riley Waugh, a junior for Westchester, kind of a combo. She can do pretty much everything, score in every way, and uh, facilitate as well. Uh, Ronye Jackson is is another player on that team that scores double digits and facilitates. And then uh, Mariah Blake, versatile forward. So uh, Westchester, they have a lot of weapons. Uh, They have depth. They are long. They're athletic. They get after it. Uh, They show no fear. And that describes Birmingham pretty well, too. Uh, Birmingham, their starting point guard, Jana Hawley, uh, has been one of the best players in the city section for a few years now. And uh, this season, she's taken another step. Uh, She had 30 in their win against Palisades. Uh, She hit six threes. And uh, she's averaging 18 a game. So she's comfortable in that takeover role. I know Riley was in comfortable in that takeover role for Westchester, but Westchester has been scoring a little bit more by committee this year, but basically length, athleticism, uh, guard play and, and depth are, are kind of what make both of these teams good. And uh, the fact that for both of them, you, you might know who their leading score is going to be, but you don't know who their second or third leading score is going to be on any given night. Uh, for Birmingham, it could be seven people. Dee uh, Dee Barry, breakout sophomore, plays two through four. Uh, she's their second leading scorer and a defensive menace as well. But they have so many players who can uh, who can beat you without you even really uh, knowing who they are yet because they're so young. So I think Westchester is a very slight favorite here, even though Birmingham is a higher seed. Uh, that's mostly just from the people I've talked to since since uh, the finals matchup was was announced or since the semifinals. Um, I think about uh, 70% of the people I've pulled say Westchester is going to win. But uh, two similar teams and, and you don't know uh, you don't know who's going to step up. So it should be a fu- should be a fun one. And uh, whoever shoots well and uh, just has kind of some unexpected players step up is going to pull that one out. No prediction here. All right. Staying on the fence. Love it. City Open, you will get a prediction for me. I can't pick against King Drew right now, even though they're going up against Fairfax, who's the better seed. Fairfax was the two seed. King Drew, the five. And they've won two games on the road. Caleb LeCount has been putting together an exceptional senior year, I think. Even if he doesn't have a great game in the championship, he's still your city section player of the year. 37 points in a semifinal win against Taft. You could argue, and you'd be right to argue, that Taft is the better team on paper. But the Golden Eagles at King Drew, they ended that game on a 14 to nothing run to beat Taft and advance to play Fairfax in the section championship. And Caleb LeCount, he's been doing stuff like that, scoring in high volumes all year long. I saw him close out a win against Hamilton on the road against Palisades in the first round of the Open Division Championship. He, he had a big game. He had an insane triple-double against Lawndale this season. He's been that good. Tyler Bay and Fairfax, they'll have something to say about that, of course. Tyler Bay, Fairfax's top player, really good small forward senior for them. He's capable of putting together a big game, and, and I like what he's done so far this season. But I can't pick against Caleb LeCount and the fifth seed, King Drew. They seem like the team of destiny. Lloyd Webster has been doing an exceptional job at King Drew for so long, and now he gets his chance in the Open Division Championship. 
Reggie Morris is back in the Open Division Championship with Fairfax after losing to Westchester before the pandemic. So should be a great game, but I'm, I'm taking Caleb LeCount in this one. I think he's the best player on the floor, and I'm not picking against the best player on the floor in a championship game. I like it. I know nothing about those teams. Haven't gotten to see them. I hear Caleb LeCount all the time, and uh, I guess I wish I got to see him more. That's 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 about it. <laughs> Maybe in the state playoffs, if they rally and do something in the, in the state playoffs, we'll get that chance. Girls Division One, Lance, we can just take a couple minutes here. Taft against El Camino Real. It's a West Valley League showdown. It's tough when you got to play a league opponent in the championship, and that's exactly what's going to happen here. Do you have one team uh, with an edge over the other? There, I'm going to lean towards El Coast slightly. Uh, it's cool. Not only two West Valley League teams, but crosstown rivals themselves. And uh, it's, it's definitely a point guard battle uh, for Taft. It's sensational freshman Addison Keenan. Uh, I really don't know much about her game. I haven't gotten to see her yet. But uh, from what I've heard and from what their results show, she's already one of the best players in the city as a freshman. And uh, for El Camino Real, they also know about having uh, a point guard who is initially played at Taft, uh, Audrey Quintana. Uh, Quintana, sorry if I butchered the last name. Uh, she is a McDonald's All-American candidate, uh, averages some 17 and 5, gets after it defensively too. Uh, both of those teams are, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, are pretty dependent uh, on on their lead guard to create a lot of things. Uh, wow, how, how, how I worded that, create a lot of things. Uh, but I'm going to go with Elko just because of uh, Quintana, uh, their, her experience. Uh, they have a big Gianna Pitts. Uh, who who can really play bigger than the stats show, especially against teams that can't control her inside. Uh, she can go for a double-double and block shots. So uh, I think those two have a big night, and uh, Elko gets by their rival just with uh, their slight edge and experience, and, uh, and I think Audrey Quintana goes for 25. Got it. In D1, I like Grant over Westchester. Westchester's playing great basketball, but I know Grant will be ready to go. Jeremiah Windham... Great senior for the Lancers. I think he's going to get it done. The player for Westchester you got to watch out for is Jonathan Choice. He's a junior. He scores at high volumes and is good. I think Grant, though, it's their year to win a D1 title, and I'm taking them. And then in Division Two, I like Lasis over Van Eyes. Both of those games are going to be at Roy Ball, which I'm glad the city section was able to resolve, even though they announced it late. It's great that they got the gym they wanted in Roy Ball. And uh, that Grant-Westchester game is Friday. The Laces-Van Nuys game is Saturday. Should be a really, really great couple days at, at Roy Ball and really just a great weekend overall. I, I'm really excited about it. And then, Lance, I know we recently booked our hotels up to Sacramento to get up to the state championship, so this is not the end of basketball. We're going to be up in Sacramento covering state championships the second week of March, so that will be a lot of fun as well. I'm excited to... Get up there and, and see who makes the state championships. Remember, whoever wins these Southern Section Championships and LA City Section Championships aren't guaranteed a state championship berth. They're going to have to win in the state playoffs, which will all start next week. So very exciting time, like I said. And who knows who's going to make the state championship. I, I like Corona Centennial as a, as a lock for, for the boys in that open division. But really, any anything can happen in, in any of the other divisions, I'm not sure. And it sounds like on the girls' side, it could be... Even if Etiwanda beats Sierra Canyon, it could be Sierra Canyon who makes the girls' open division championship. It's just that close this year. Yep, exactly. That makes it all the more fun. 
Uh, the fact that some teams, they want the state chip more, some of them want the section chip more, and uh, sometimes uh, whoever loses the first one gets that rematch and beats them in the beats them the second time around. So we've seen that a lot in the last five years uh, in the upper ranks of girls basketball. And uh, here, here, if we're talking about state predictions, uh, here's my bold one. Whoever wins the girls open division state uh, is going to be whoever comes out of the South. Uh, I'll, I'll make that one right now without knowing more. <laughs> All right. Hey, the South has been that good. Lance, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully our predictions are true, but if not, you know where to find us on social media. So he's Lance Smith. I'm Connor Morissette. We'll be covering these girls and boys sectional championships all weekend long. Follow along on Twitter and at scorebooklive.com slash California. Our website looks a little different this week. Uh, we've upgraded, so make sure you, you check that out as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.